Welcome to the first off-season bird's eye view podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. We're in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Zach, it's been a, quite a while since we've uh, spoken to all you guys, but uh, a lot to talk about now. With uh, a month of uh, you know, it's been a month since the season's been over. Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson both spoke here on Wednesday. It is currently Thursday, and um, the big news. And Howie, I was a little surprised he said this, was that uh, the Eagles will not franchise Nick Foles and they will allow him to become a free agent. What was your initial response to that? Yeah, so I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I was surprised by the timing of it. I thought that the Eagles would drag it down to the deadline. I'll be honest, when I asked Howie the question, I thought he was just going to give a non-answer as we've kind of become used to. And... um, and he, he said they, they made their decision. They're letting him become a, a free agent. So more of the timing of it, uh, this has kind of been portrayed as this act of goodwill to Nick. I don't think it's that. I just think it was a business decision. Um, there wasn't really a trade market, and they weren't going to tag him if there was no trade. So the way I viewed it was they let him, you know, they're, they're letting him go. They said all the right things. And I think that he'll end up in Jacksonville is my opinion. Yeah, you know, I didn't really spend a lot of time in the story just because I thought there was really only one likely conclusion. Sorry for the sound in the background, by the way. We're doing this live here. We're in the convention center. It's pretty big. So, anyway, uh, I thought there was one conclusion. Um, I think most people felt the same way. Look, I, you know, give Howie credit. He tried to get something for, for Nick Foles. There was a report on Super Bowl Sunday after it had been reported that they would pick up his option, which I think a lot of us had expected, that the Eagles were expected to franchise tag him. That was basically doing Howie's bidding. That was basically putting it out there that this was the type of guy that we, we could possibly franchise and um, and ta- uh, tag and trade. I don't but, blame the Eagles. I, I mean, they, No, they I don't they blame could. the Eagles. Yeah. I blame the reporter for putting that out there because, I mean, come on. Well, you know, the, it wasn't expected. It wasn't likely at all. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. Joe Flacco was, was traded, um, and I, I think that affected the market. One, Flacco went for a fourth-round pick, and two, there's only four or five teams entering the offseason who really needed a quarterback. You take the Broncos off the market, and I think that really tied the Eagles' hands. Well, uh, one two things. I want to get to, to Flacco in a second, but I'd heard someone told me last night that basically the Jaguars, over the course of the last several weeks, had figured out that they were the only team, basically, that was really interested in trading for him. So once they figured that out, they're exactly. like, why, why give up? A pick? Why give up a pick? Exactly. But if you were to give up a pick, what would you? What would you give up? I mean, I, to me, I would take Foles over Flacco right now. But the numbers are different. That's the thing. And in Foles' case, you'd be trading for him on the tags. That's twenty-five million, and then you would need to give him an extension. So just the 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 salary situation is different. I would rather have Foles over Flacco if Foles didn't buy his free agency back. So if you just had Foles on that $18 million, um, that would have been more appealing to me. Right. So the Eagles are, at best, they're going to get a 2020 third-round comp pick. Mm-hmm. It could be a little less than that. What do you think? Third? Yeah. I think the Eagles are aggressive in free agency like you wrote today. I don't know if, if they're spending major, major money that will offset, offset that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, – uh, and and I, I think you did a, a good job writing this in, in your column. I think they'll go kind of for that next tier as opposed to your elite names, your DeMarcus Lawrence types. If they get there. Yeah. I mean, how we made, you know, a good point, and, it, and this has happened increasingly. Teams have just gotten so good at retaining their own guys, um, extending them to contracts. So 
free agency, I don't know. I don't know what's going to look like. Right now, it looks great, but the Marcus Lawrences of the world, the Devian and Clownies, yep. they're probably not going to get to free agency. Um, Foles, with Foles leaving, we now have a question about who's the number two quarterback. And there were a lot of questions about Nate Sudfeld. Mm-hmm. He's a restricted free agent. The Eagles are obviously expected to tender him and bring him back. They do like him. But I don't know if it's a slam dunk that he's the guy that you want as your number two. I think most likely that's what's going to happen. But would you look on the on the open market for some veteran who has more experience than Nate Sudfeld? I would, although I I do like Nate or am intrigued by Nate. And you have invested time in the next step in his progression is being the number two. The kind of mitigating factor is that Carson has had two injuries yeah. these past two years that have ended his seasons. And it's one thing if if you have a guy who's really durable and you might need Sudfeld for a game here, a game there. But it's been proven you're going to need a guy or, or you might need a guy step in for a few weeks. And is Nate Sudfeld that, that player? It sounded like the Eagles want someone to compete with Nate. Uh, so I'm real curious who that is. Would you bring in someone like a rookie or, you know, I mean, the Eagles for yeah, years so have kind of sold the idea, you know, go back to Ron Wolf with the Packers, draft a quarterback every year. They haven't done that, but, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, well, it's a commodity what, that's worth other, other, uh, more than other positions. Doug Peterson said here in Indianapolis, his first year as coach, that they want to develop a pipeline where they're drafting a quarterback every year. Um, and they did it the first year with Carson. And then the second year, uh, when they had Nate Sudfeld, um, you know, they didn't draft one the second year, obviously. But then they they signed Nate Sudfeld off Washington's practice squad, and he was kind of that developmental guy. So it makes sense to have that third quarterback be a young guy if you're committed to Sudfeld. If you want someone with starting experience as your number two, there's really not a roster spot there. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know about Nate. We don't, we don't know we don't. much. We He's really 25 don't. career um, passes in, in regular season games. Yeah, I mean, he looked okay that one preseason game. The other ones, he didn't look so good, I thought. Um, looked decent against Dallas week 17 two years ago, but yeah. wasn't, like, knocking doors off. Yeah, I don't, you know, he's he could be like, <laughs> Eagles have done this many times before. They build, yeah, they build they you build up. them. I mean, everyone does it, but they've done it to success in trading those guys. Um I would really look in the look and see if I could find someone with some experience. I don't know. I, I haven't even looked at some of the names that could potentially be out there of you. Yeah, and, and it, it really depends who gets a starting job somewhere else. I, I mean, you're going to have, you know, like 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 your Ryan Tannehill's of the world, Blake Bortles of the world, who when there's going to be musical chairs, are they going to get starting jobs? Those guys are probably a step above. I yeah. mean, there's there's backups like. You know, at the level of what Chase Daniel was, where guys had a spot start here and there, but as a veteran, that they can look toward. But um, they don't. Yeah, they don't need like quote unquote that veteran to help Carson along anymore. No. And I and I don't know if they if they need someone like what Nick was when they signed him, where you have years of starting experience, but maybe someone who just has, has started more than Nate Sudfeld. Nick Foles, the greatest free agent signing in Eagles history. No, those. I mean, Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, you know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. I mean, I'll give you three guys who are better though. Troy Vincent. That's a good one. Malcolm Jenkins. Very good. John Brandon Runyon. Brooks. Well, I was gonna say John, John Runyon. Runyon's better. Yeah. yeah. I would take Foles ahead of all. He's the Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. I was on radio this morning and they asked me, "Is he the best quarterback in Eagles, or is he a top ten player in Eagles history?" And I said, "I don't even think he's the best quarterback in Eagles history." I take Donovan McNabb over. 
yeah. there's some recency bias. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. You want a Super yeah. Bowl, kind of lightning in the bottle. It's funny. I'm still talking to people, you know, last night around the league, legit NFL people who said they, they would take Foles over Wentz. I'm not one. I'm not a legit NFL person. No, but I would not take. I would not take Carson Wentz over Nick Foles. And look, I like Nick Foles personally. Like him as a player, uh, and have taken nothing away from what he's done. But I also, I think there's a little buyer beware too. I've seen the other side of Nick Foles, Foles yeah, but, on the field. But the the argument I was getting um, was that you know Nick in this system, in this system, true, is 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 a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's really good. Ride him out, and then with Carson, you don't know. Look again, I, I'm telling you the other argument. Yeah. I don't agree with it. I, Carson's the guy that I would ride, but you don't know against Car- about Carson. Obviously, you don't know about him in big spots because he hasn't really been in those big spots yet. Obviously, the injury is a concern, and you have kind of this specter that's going to hang over him. And especially in Philadelphia, the more you don't win, and we know how tough it is to win a Super Bowl, the more it's going to potentially affect him. That shadow is not going away, and until I, I think it's going to be a real. A real issue that until Carson is on that podium uh, at the Super Bowl, then there's always going to be that Nick Foles shadow. And I don't if, think. Do you think it affected uh, Carson last year? And this 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 is a nice segue into talking about yeah. Carson. But do you think? Do you feel like that affected his performance at all last year? To a certain extent, I I, I think he was more injured than I agree with that. I don't think really I don't. But maybe he tried. He was trying a little harder. Maybe. Well, I think getting back was like I I think he was so hell bent on on getting back to playing. Maybe. He should have taken a, another month or returned week four instead of week two. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do think, though, and, and you wrote this in that big story you had, the, the award-winning story on Carson's recovery, that, um, that yeah, that he he was so – his whole offseason was about getting back for week one. Yeah, I don't think the pressure got to him. I think it was more about self-applied pressure. Like yeah, the outside oh yeah, pressure didn't get to him, more yeah. self-applied pressure. No, but I think he, he knew what the narrative was. Yeah. So Doug and Howie, for the first time is, since that, that uh, Philly Boy story, story came out in January, uh, met with reporters, and they kind of discounted uh, the notion that, that Carson is an issue in the locker room, uh, as you would expect. Uh, Doug was a little more um, expansive about – you know, the quarterback personality and, and what, what Carson may need to do and, and admitted, you know, hey, not everyone is going to like you. Mm-hmm. Um, mentioned Brett Favre, which we kind of found interesting. Now, he mentions Brett Favre a lot. but in this, He likes to remind you that he played with Brett yeah, Favre. Yeah, but in this case, uh, I think it was an apt, um, um, you know, analogy because Favre rubbed people the wrong mm-hmm. way to a certain extent over his career. There were a lot of guys who liked playing with him, but there were some who didn't. And did it matter? You had that ultimately not really. Yeah, you had that that column after our sit down with Carson, where where you said Carson shouldn't change. Um, and I wrote this in my story that day. Like when they were winning, he was viewed as driven. Well, or, or when when he was eleven and two, an MVP candidate, he was viewed as driven. When they were what six and seven, and he gets hurt. He's on. Un, he's uncompromising. I, I think what makes Carson special. Are those are those qualities um, the only way to get from where he was in Bismarck, North Dakota, to the number two pick in the draft is by being that Type A driven, meticulous personality. And it's not the only way to do it. Nick Foles is the, is, is the opposite, but I think it's what works with Carson. Now, like you pointed out in your column, there are things Carson can do better, and and he can kind of reach out around the locker room a little more. And I I do think we'll see that, 
but I don't think the Eagles have a Carson Wentz problem, and I don't think Carson Wentz needs to change. Did you see the picture of Carson uh, at the Union uh, I did. game last I, night I with, did. with a myriad of <laughs> Eagles players? It was an odd collection, by the way. We well, that's what I'm saying. That. He's yeah. opening himself up. Yeah. with Jalen Mills, yeah. Ronald Darby, Ronald Darby Brandon, Brooks. Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, and of course Zach he's standing Gertz. next to his best buddy, Zach Ertz. <laughs> it, was just, it, was just like, it was just an odd collection. It was like they just found all the guys who were hanging out in Philadelphia during the offseason. Well, it reminds, like, it reminds me of that 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 like that captured moment where Alshon and Carson were sitting next to each other <laughs> yeah. at the Sixers game, yeah. and you know a lot of people were speculating that Alshon was behind uh, one of the players behind the report. I have no idea if it is or not, um, but that was kind of it. Kind of a <laughs> it was a good <laughs> photo op. Although I don't, I mean, I'll, pre, it looked pre. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this: I see Alshon at a lot of Sixers games, and. Carson's been to his share too. Yeah, and and I, I'm sure Carson wanted to go see LeBron. So you know, it was a it was a Sunday during the off season. But they didn't go together. No, they did not. I I was actually at at that game, and I and well, you are uh, you and are Carson a got there late. Going all these games, <laughs> and, getting all these great seats, and, and, and Carson got there late. Um, or not late, but Alshon was in his seat, and Carson came. Yeah. and he sat next to each other. So it's not like they drove. And out of nowhere, together. an Eagles photographer <laughs> pops out. Pops out. <laughs> but they, yeah. but I don't know who took the picture. It, it was definitely a good photo op. Um, uh, was it someone from the Sixers who took it, and they sent it along the Eagles? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it is interesting to talk to you know because again, like with the the combine is more than the access and more than um, talking to players that are going to get drafted. It's just like there's, I mean, the entire NFL world mm-hmm. descends upon the city, and everything is kind of packed within a I don't know twenty mile. Uh, 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 square, you know, square twenty square square miles. Um, so you bump into people all the time, all the time. People that you know, people you may not know, et cetera. And everyone's got an opinion about this or that or the other thing. And, and certainly with Carson Wentz, there's there are a lot of opinions out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this does uh, play out. This is um, like my small talk combine. You know how like they're on the field. Like I got to train to be able to small talk to come here because every conversation is like three four minutes you know just yeah but you got to be able to get yeah. uh something out of those yeah. three or four minutes yeah um uh, i tried to ask howie about whether carson is going to be ready by off-season workouts in middle of april he, he gave nothing up there um but that's important um i agree carson seemed to be optimistic that he would be yeah i mean my expectation is that he would uh doug had said in early december that it was a three-month injury mm-hmm. the, the stress fracture in his back so that would put him at around march Getting ready, uh, January, February, March. Yeah, so, so so sometime this month, mid April is when when phase one begins. But you're not on the field until mid May. So right, so he's gonna be out there throwing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, can't wear pads, mm-hmm. anything, even shells until until late April, uh, late May. So uh, my guess is that he'll be okay. But it's something to monitor. I mean, mid May last year, coming off a torn ACL, he was out there running. So right, right, yeah. But you know, okay, that was that's that true. famous press conference. Uh, oh, oh, when he came out of nowhere, he said, "You guys yeah, will see. Yeah, you'll yeah. see. You'll see." Uh, Doug gave us uh, a couple players had some minor surgeries, and he wouldn't give us the names of the players. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to. He said, "Is he not allowed to?" No, that's what he said. Or yeah, or they don't want me to. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'd be interesting to know who, who some of those players were because I mean, again, it does affect um, how the season goes. Matt Collins last year had uh, uh, sports hernia surgery that obviously didn't take, and he missed the entire year. So I'm um, got to do a little digging. The, these next few weeks. What were some of the other topics that you thought uh, that were important that they touched upon? Obviously, offensive line, what they're going to do with Jason Peters. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's a big one there. And, and they have all good things to say about Jason Peters. 
Um, they want him back, but I think they want him back at the right number. I do find it interesting that Doug did say something. Well, Jason knows he's got to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he does have to get healthy because uh, he missed parts of 10 games last year. I get all that. But that was odd to hear because it was kind of like not a slight, but it was almost like, okay, let's lower his market value yeah. a little bit here by saying that. So I'll, I'll say this because – I've all right. This is my seventh year at the combine. You've come longer than I have. Um, other than one year when Chip didn't talk, we've spoken to people with the Eagles every year, and oftentimes, you know, it's not what they say; it's what they don't say, and you got to read between the lines with stuff. So they, the Eagles, are very seldom going to come out and just say this about this player, this about that player. But like you said, you can you can decipher certain things. So. When Howie kept bringing up that, or I, I shouldn't say kept bringing up, when he made a point of mentioning that Brandon Brooks riding the cloud for agency class, that stuck in my head. Like, that didn't come out of nowhere. That's yeah. something that they yeah. were thinking about. Yeah, and to their defense, I mean, they really don't know a lot. No, uh, as I wrote in the story, it's very fluid. And, a lot and of it's this, two weeks away. And a lot of this could yeah. depend upon what they yeah. can get in negotiations. I mean, you'll be surprised, listener at home, how much, like, oh, out of nowhere, something will happen. Sure. All of a sudden, they, you know, like the Bennett thing, I'm sure all of a sudden, I'm sure John Snyder called him up out of the blue. Hey, you interested in yeah. this? I never even thought I would be interested yeah. in him. Okay, let me see what I can, you know. I mean, that happened. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, you mentioned yesterday. Yep. Um, and then there's like sometimes they have a number of guys and maybe some guys they can't get. Um, last year, Patrick Robinson, they were really wanted to bring him back. Mm-hmm. They made a strong effort and they just couldn't, they couldn't afford him. Yeah. So and, they and, don't and, know who they are bringing back or who they're not, you know, bringing back. I agree. At this point. And it, it could be like a Brandon Graham. I, I think Brandon Graham gets paid. But I, I think there's a handful of guys where they leave the door open. They say, this is our number. Go see what you can get. And this is the date to do it by because we have to move on to plan B. But, yeah, when agents are here, team officials are here, they're trying to figure out what, what, those, what those numbers are. Um, and, and that's why the Eagles preserved that flexibility with Alshon Jeffrey two years ago. All right, well, let me, throw you, let me throw you a bunch of names. Okay. And you tell me we'll, – we'll say what they said, and you tell me whether you think that's – you read, read between the lines. Okay, I like this. So game. we'll start with Jason Peters. Um, Howie's like he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He's a freak. You know, you know, at age 37, he's not like most 37-year-olds. We want him back. Doug – I think we had much yeah. of things to say about him. You yeah. think it's we want him back, but uh, you know, at the right price. At the right price, and yes. the right price. Uh, and Joe Banner had said this in, in um, um, had tip to the Athletic. Uh, I think they do a uh, running series with Joe, but Joe had mentioned more of a kind of like a pay as you go mm-hmm. contract. Yeah, based on the amount of games you're active. Right, which would give you a lot of money in, in the in the end. The question is whether J- Jason Peters, who has a shot, I mean, his ego is bigger than him, which which is you would think might not be possible, and and, and understandably so. Peters runs has run the roost there for also, a very long time. The one thing Joe didn't say, and I, I and and you've written about this, I'd be careful doing that type of deal with Jason. Jason's very shrewd at being active for a game, but then maybe coming out. At some point. No, I mean, like, I... Like, he started all 16 games this this past year. He missed, yeah. well, I think 20%. We got to find out what the bonus yeah. was for doing that. Yeah, so, but he made sure he was active for all 16 games. And he's games. made sure that certain games, when he's gotten known by Richard Seymour, <coughs> Richard Seymour <laughs> that he uh, left a little early um, in that game uh, many years ago. Um, so... Look, my thing is, like, if you look at look around the mar- look around the rest of the league, 
I mean, there's a couple names out there, possibly you could bring in a left tackle. I don't know. Um, Smith is one of them, right? Um, well, oh, oh, okay, yeah. You know what so I'm saying? Like, like, if you decided not to bring Jason back, what are your options at left tackle? Yeah, so I mean, in house, so you have Trent, Well, so you have Trent Brown from oh, Trent Brown. I'm sorry from the um, uh, from the Patriots, and he's he's huge. I mean, 360, 380 yeah. pound guy. And, uh, oh, Donovan Smith's the other one. Yeah, Donovan Smith, a Penn Stater. With another the big guy, another yeah. huge guy. Six, just not, just not athletic. None, none yeah. of them are like Jason. Um, look, I mean, I don't know if if you go out and you sign a left tackle. In that case, I would just bring Jason back. I I think you have two options. If it's not Jason, I think you you draft someone, uh, or you go with Halapulavati Vitae for a year while you continue developing. Jordan yeah, you, you're not putting a lot out there day one. No, but but I mean Vitae. I mean, Vitae started in the Super Bowl for you, and he's not Jason Peters. I mean, he's not even in the same conversation, but it's his fourth year in the scheme. Um, I think he's a guy who, if you had to get by a year with him, maybe you do. I would still bring Jason Peters back. I, I, mentioning all that just makes me yeah. believe that they're, they're going to find some way to bring Jason back. I agree. Um, and Jason will probably take him for a little more than they probably are willing to Jason wins his negotiations. Jason's done a good job. Oh, my God. I gotta find out what and his you know, secret if he's is. He's got a problem. Well, the problem is you, you, the owner is frightened of you. <laughs> Even the owner is frightened of you. <laughs> I don't think people are frightened of me. I can't, I can't go I, in my boss's office and intimidate them. Lurie, I just love the the Lurie, the Lurie. Best friend. True, Detec- the True Detective season four. <laughs> That's uh, you're not true detective, I'm not true detective guy, guy so. but Jason Peters and Jeffrey Lurie. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Uh, How about Nelson Aguilar? Nelson, that's a good one. Um, so basically, you know, Doug. Had a lot more to say about him. Said um, for the first time publicly that he felt like uh, Golden Tate, the acquisition of Golden Tate, affected Nelson Aguilar. Oh boy, boy, who wrote something about that before? Right after the trade. <laughs> oh boy, this is going to affect Nelson Aguilar because yeah. they actually play the same exact position. You find out all all the stuff we wrote that was true. You find yeah. out after the season, like yeah. like like, like Carson's, Carson's really Carson's not going to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> no, Carson's not not running well this year. Oh no, he's fine. And then you talk to Carson. Yeah, I don't have the same explosiveness. The yeah. short off season is going to affect yeah. the Eagles. Oh, Doug. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have enough time to really yeah. kind of prepare for this. I wasn't feeling it until August. He said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you so, find out the truth now. Uh, but in terms of Aguilar, yeah. So how do you how do you read in between the lines there about what they said? I think a, a similar story to Jason Peters, where they like the player, but not the number. I think with his case, there's much more leverage on the Eagles' side. Yeah, uh, they're not going to have him back at his current number. I think they'll try to renegotiate. Um, they could cut. They could potentially trade. I don't think anyone's going to trade on that fifth year option. So uh, I think they can find a solution. I like Nelson. I don't like Nelson enough to be your, your you know, to pay him huge money. But if you can get that number down, you give him a give slot. Him you give him a slot receiver contract. Yeah. You know, maybe something he more in line that. with slot receiver I'm, contract. I'm, I'm curious to see. No, I mean a lot of it could depend. Again, this is something that's fluid. I mean, if, he, if they go with him a certain number and he's like, I don't like this number, I mean, you know, uh, I think knowing Nelson, he doesn't have the typical kind of. He's not not much of a diva receiver. As some guys, and I, no, I he's not. You're right. I think he um, is self-aware, and I think he'll he'll know what he could get versus what he could get with the Eagles and some security. I mean, if they say come to him with a five-year deal, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the number would be. Maybe like seven and a half, eight a year, or something like that. Six and a half. Yeah. Um, that's something that maybe he's willing to do. I mean, if, if, if you're looking at guarantees, it's not going to be much less than that. 
So yeah, it it, it depends what the guaranteed money is. Well, that, because, that too, yeah. Because there are guys out there that if if you move on, there are guys out there that are intriguing. So well, I mean, it could be let's say he gets two years guaranteed at like fifteen million. Okay. But he could say, "Well, I already got nine nine point three coming to me this year. Yeah. How much more is that?" But you know, it's a it's a year, and it is more money. So um, it's a good question. I think they're going to end up. I think what's ultimately going to happen with him, if read between the lines, is he'll greet it. He'll come back. He'll be their slot guy, um, just at a at a more reasonable number. Um, who else? Now we didn't really ask him specifically about Brandon Graham or Tim Jernigan, and not because we didn't want to. There well, was I think so we much media yeah. and. We only but, had so many time to ask questions. I think but. we well. I'll say this: Howie kind of said it early on that he wasn't going to comment on on player on discussions with players because he was asked if Sproles coming back, Kelsey coming back, things like that. He he wasn't going there. Um, but the Brandon Graham and you wrote about Brandon Graham in, in the Sunday Inquirer. Um, I think we kind of know what the story is there. Brandon likes the Eagles. The Eagles like Brandon, but he's older, and this is his. his probably his last contract to really cash in and I don't think the Eagles are going to pay big money to a guy north of 30. Uh, if they wanted to keep him they would have signed him last offseason. My point exactly. I mean I understand the whole injury thing kind of clouded things a little bit and made it difficult for them to say okay we're going to invest this much on a 31 year old. He had just sacked Tom Brady to the Clemson Super Bowl. I know but he had but they you know they, yeah. didn't, they didn't he didn't have surgery until early May you know and, and they he knew. Because he wanted a deal. Well no I mean I don't think that's the case okay. but but um, whatever. I think that kind of made things a little different. That being said, I mean, you know Brandon. You knew that he was going to get himself back in shape um, and, and ready to play. I think Brandon was very honest about his situation throughout the year. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but they, they had an opportunity to get him at, a, at a, a probably more of a team-friendly number, and they didn't do it. And he's going to hit the open market, and he's probably going to be one of the top two or three guys, uh, depending upon depending what happens with yeah. other guys. And, and most likely, I think that's going to be where he is. And he's going to get a lot of money. Guys at that position get paid. They get paid every single year. And guys who play every game, I know his nice sack numbers aren't great, but he's more than that. Brandon Graham's always been more than that. He's, a, he's one of the rare two-way guys um, at that position, um, at, at that level. Um, I just think it's going to be very hard for him to bring him back. Tim Jernigan is uh, scheduled to make, what, uh, his cap numbers 11, are around 11, 11, yeah, 11.4, yeah. something like that. Um, that's definitely not going to happen. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. Do you just let him walk, or do you try and work something out? I mean, if I work something out, I'm really bringing that number down big. Uh, I like Jim Journey when he's on the field, but he, whatever happened last year, he's not the same Tim Jernigan that we saw two years ago when they gave no. him the contract. And that really hurt the Eagles, and this is a loaded defensive line class. I think they can draft an interior line. Um, that's a position of need for them. I mean, they have Fletcher and they have major, nothing. Major position. I mean, Haloti Nana's not going to be back. And then you have guys who, you know, Trayvon Hester, you know, did a nice job. But one uh, thing I, you know, I was listening to. But they're, to, they're third, fourth defensive tackles. They need, they, need a, they need a legitimate number two. I was listening to different coaches and GMs yesterday. and Something that came up a few times was how tough pressure up the middle is. It's always been viewed like your edge rusher, but what quarterbacks hate the most is when you're is when there's someone in your yeah, face I right mean, away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think that's kind of – that'll be written a lot this year because there are so many great defensive uh, interior guys. I just I just feel like pressure at both spots is, sure. is important. You know, sure. I mean, they both work together. Sure. Quarterbacks have to step up. If the guys are getting from the outside, they have to move outside. If the guys at the front are getting pressure on their face. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you, you pass rushing and stuff. We've seen Fletcher. I mean, Fletcher moves yep. the pocket all the time. Um, I think, you know, and you and I both said this, I think they're going to take a defensive tackle in the first round. Or DN. I think they're taking a defensive lineman. It yeah. really depends what the value is there. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just think I think they have more of a need inside. Oh, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, I mean, I would pay attention to, I would pay attention to the three Clemson guys. Now, Christian Wilkins probably goes a too early, uh, but I mean, three Clemson defensive linemen are going to go in the first round, and I, I would pay attention to all three with the Eagles. Okay, another guy, Jordan Hicks. The question yeah. was wasn't really specifically about Jordan Hicks. It was it was about whether Nigel Bradham's ability to to kind of fill in in that spot in the nickel whether that, that affects Jordan Hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, Howie didn't really say much. What, which I what's your expectation? Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I I wrote about Jordan uh, two weeks ago, and yeah. uh, from from what I understand, the team likes the player. They like the person in the locker room. Um, they but, like that he's going to come on it. <laughs> he's not going to cost a lot of but money. But the availability is the big question. I don't think they're going to pay a premium price for him, um, especially because, and Howie didn't answer this, but Nigel Bradham played well in that role. The Eagles like to be versatile enough on defense that they don't need two linebackers that often. Howie said, Howie's quote was that we have three linebacker spots. No, you don't. I mean, you really have two linebackers. And in the last month of the last two seasons, you only played one linebacker most of the time because they played frankly I would say this if Jordan Hicks leaves I think replacing Corey Graham is a bigger need than replacing Jordan Hicks well the Corey Graham played more than the that's my well yeah. no, but just that third safety role yeah. based on the way Jim likes to play yeah yeah so I mean I think yeah bringing Jordan Hicks I don't think is, is, is a priority bringing him back but um again as you as you said because of the injuries he's gonna he's not gonna get a lot on the open but I think market. he's a good player I, I I've I've just seen him make plays, and uh, not much the last two years. I mean, he he had he was a playmaker. It's like, like even when he, the first three or four years, not much. But like, look at the Falcons game last year. That sack two. that he had on, on Matt Ryan. I mean, that's a that's a tough play to make. Yeah, um, I just feel like you can find guys like him. Maybe, maybe, there, maybe at cheaper prices. I mean, it it really depends on playing time and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan only wants to come back if he's a three down linebacker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, and he may get that opportunity somewhere else. So maybe it's more of the opportunity than it is the number for him. You I know? agree. Um, was there anybody else that was specifically? No, uh, and, and it wasn't addressed, but and, and, and the two of us will, will talk. Uh, I guess when they sign free agents, we'll have a better idea then. But players like Ronald Darby, Jay Jai, um, they're going to be interesting stories because they're coming off injuries. I think Darby's going to have a bigger market than Ajayi. I, I will say this, when Howie was asked about cornerbacks, um, because I think on the outside, if you pay attention to mock drafts, there's a perception that the Eagles are looking at cornerbacks, and that perception's probably because you watched them last year, they struggled in the secondary. The Eagles invested so many draft picks in recent years. Uh, in 2017, they're second and their third. Last year, if you include the Derby trade, they're third and their fourth. Uh, Howie Roseman said they want their young corners to develop. Not to tell Howie say that because he wants to, you know, get people off his track in terms of what his interests are? Or did he say that because you think that's what's really going to happen? I think that's really – I think they have – even if Darby walks, I think they have four corners that they like. Um, Yeah. But the question is – I think five They need to really do – they need to really assess – how much much they like them. Sidney Jones. How much they like them, But I think think Jalen Mills, Sidney Jones – 
Obviously, obviously Maddox, Rasul Douglas, and Craven LeBlanc. I think if they went into the season with those five, they'd be fine. Or they'd feel fine. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, right. No, and I agree with that. They have other neat areas. In exactly. The um, so, and, and it'll be interesting. Sidney Jones is a big, is a huge question mark. But they have to, I mean, you invest a second round pick for him. You basically let him sit for an entire year. You got to let him play at some point. Before we go, I'm curious your opinion. Is there a free agent that either you think would be a really good fit here or that you're hearing would, you know, the Eagles might go ahead? I there? haven't heard that yet. Hopefully, in the next three or four days, I'll. Um, I've actually, I've heard a couple names, but uh, a little more under the radar. Um, no, I haven't really heard anything yet. Um, yeah, like no Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. I think of those two guys, Bell is. Would be more realistic, because um, I don't think he's going to get as much as he probably thinks he's going to get on the open market, yeah. which make him affordable. But even then, I really think that the Eagles are going to be running back in the draft. How about you? I mean, you mentioned a couple names to me. One guy, yeah. I, one guy, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, but like because I was thinking about him too. Howie doesn't ask me my opinion on this stuff, but if he did, um, or if I was in Howie's spot, I should say, I would look hard at Tyrell Williams. Um, yeah. The wide receiver from from the from the Chargers. He's hurt the Eagles before too. Yeah, he had that seventy plus yard catch yeah. in LA two years ago. Real big target and a deep threat. Twenty seven years old, just turned twenty seven, so he's in that age frame that the Eagles like. Uh, at running back, I like Tevin Coleman more than others. The question is if they go in the draft there, if they if they go with the veteran. But if they sign a, uh, if they're looking for help on the perimeter at wide receiver, I would look hard at Tyrell Williams because I think he fits the playing style and the age profile that they like. And I think he's an ascending player who he was in a very good receiving core between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, Travis, ben- uh, 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 they had Benjamin there. I just think they had a lot of players that uh, I would really pay attention to him. Right. And when they have addressed that, that position before, it was like guys over 30. Mm-hmm. Last year they got burned because Mike Wallace got hurt. Um, year before, Torrey probably wasn't as good as maybe they had hoped, but he was good enough. Um but they were older guys. This is a younger guy that maybe that you can kind of um, envision being here for a few more years. And I think at that position, they have so many options now. Again, Dallas Goddard has to become more of a focal point of the offense, I believe. Zach Ertz is going to be a focal point. Alshon Jefferson is going to be a focal point. They're going to get a running back as a meal, a focal, a focal point in terms of passing offense. You just need someone to be able to stretch the, the defense yep. and be able to catch it, obviously, when it's thrown to him. Um, to keep them honest, but you I don't. You don't, you don't need a seventy-five catch guy. You need like a fifty. I agree. Fifty, eight hundred yard, and then you have Nelson too. I'm forgetting about. So, yeah. so like you don't need a. I don't think you need a number one. You need like a, a two. You need and a that's two why burner number two burner. The Matt Collins injury really hurt them last year because I think that was their chance to really see what he was. Um, yeah, he's not a burner. No, but they thought he could be a big play guy, and yeah, uh, yeah. and he just missed all of last year. Yeah, so it was just he's a, a big question year. mark. Yeah, you have no idea yeah. what, what you can get out of him this year. I don't think they're going to go in the next year saying Max is going to be our starting outside yeah, exactly. receiver. All right, well that's it. Does it for us? Thirty five minutes, uh, Zach. A little longer than usual. We hadn't talked in a while, and um, uh, hopefully we get to talk a little bit more. We'll probably be getting in, uh, getting together more because once the Eagles, once you know the, the uh, new league year opens on March thirteenth, <laughs> stuff's going to happen. I think this exactly. is going to be the busiest off season we've had in three years. I agree. So there'll be stuff, to, uh, plenty of stuff to write about. All right, well, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean. So long from Indianapolis. <laughs>